Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Our show is growing and the lives and legacies of the people around us have taken on a new importance as we take stock of what is most precious to us. As always, our show will focus on building and preserving your legacy, the importance of community, and the telling of stories we find amusing. Thanks for joining us. Now, enjoy the show. All right. All right. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to a very interesting uh, kind of different, I'm going to say, version of <laughs> Legacy Matters. It's just me today. Mark and Kate are not here with me. This is a special, well, it's not just me. It's just me starting. So, um, but this is a this is a unique one. I've got, I'm actually in Mercedes Austin's, what do you call this? My studio, my personal studio. Your How's personal that? studio. Yeah. Yep. And what do you do in here? My unpublished studio. Yeah. So, well, I call this my therapy space, but this is where I personally work on mosaics, whether they are just because, or I am working on R&D for a new product line at Mercury Mosaics, or I'm working on my newest baby that I've been kind of chipping away at and developing over the last few years um, okay. called Mosaic Candy Shop. Mosaic Candy Shop. So, um, you know, if you're just new to the show or whatever, even if you've listened to a bunch of them, I have interviewed Mercedes like three times, I think, in the past. I'm Once? Sure. No, I think you were on like two or three. Was I on? I did you I are. was on once, and I was like, I should do this again, but I don't. No, I don't think I'll I came back. I'll look it up. I'll yeah, look it up. I, we'll, we'll fact check just later. Been once. No, I think you've been on two or three times. Honestly, I, I think I even, not three. I think I sent you an email saying like you're the guest who's been on the show the largest number of no times. No way. Yes. Okay, maybe twice, but you know anything that <laughs> happened in the last three year time span? If the second time I was on your show was in the last three year time span, everyone gets a hall pass. On like, oh, wait, I what mean, just the world's happened? A different place. Yeah. Yeah, everything's different. Yeah, no, I get it. I'll look it up. I've got it. I've got it all archived Damn. in there. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe, yeah, I mean, I own the fuzziness. I own it. Yeah, I'll I take it. A, when we take a little break, <laughs> I will do it. But anyway, Mercedes uh, is the proud owner, founder of Mercury Mosaics here in Minneapolis, which is a handmade local tile shop, right? Like you make tile. I've been there, so I know this. But you have a place where you make beautiful, beautiful tiles. Thank you. Yeah, I call yeah. it. It's like a bakery for tile. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good analogy, and and you're selling nationally mm-hmm. and a little bit internationally, or no? A little bit internationally on purpose. Where we, I used to really drive international sales, and I used to <laughs> operate with the hashtag Tile World Domination. Yeah, like you thought you were going to be I so it was big. Going to be <laughs> yeah. And what I realized, my excitement there was when I was leveraging some of my clients' international logistics teams, yeah. like that. It was just like really happy. You got uh, fancy strategy. words. Yeah. Well, but then I realized <laughs> when when I intentionally broke up with some of those clients that had international logistic teams and just tried it on my own uh, that it wasn't so exciting and I don't like to expand upon anything in my business that is going to be like arduous awful it sounds like a lot of work and and it's a lot when you don't have a fortune 50s international logistics team so we we went ahead and like scrubbed all of our marketing so it was only targeting in the US which makes sense to me Uh Um, but you've been running that company for how long now 
21 years. 21 years. Yeah. And to start up a small handmade tile manufacturing business means you're nuts. It really it validates I mean, that you're crazy. creating a outlet to, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to let your freak flag fly. You know, you could have just got a job, right? <laughs> I, I like to proudly say that I'm unemployable and yeah. that I'm just like a wild stallion. That's fair. Yeah. I've... Uh, yeah, I've it's <laughs> I haven't been someone's employee for a very very long time and I know. It, and it's not like I was bad. No. It just doesn't wild really stallion. Fit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah like, wild stallion. I, I like that. I want to revisit all my former employers and and just apologize. like look look them in the eye and get them a really good meal and yeah, and apologize and explain all the karmic lessons I have endured <laughs> so much that I learned in the 21 them. years because of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's a curse in a certain way to not be able to be employed because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's also a blessing. I mean, mm-hmm. I I love my life doing weird shit, but mm-hmm. um, but you still have to figure out what to do all the time. Like, you're, yeah, you're making it up, constantly, constantly driving things it forward. Up. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to kind of you have to have an ability to predict the future and believe you're gonna be right about it, and then align resources to make it happen. That's funny because I've, <laughs> I've, I sort of maintain that I can see the future and I know that I can't really, I know mm-hmm. that it's, it's not actually possible for me to peer into the future, but I know, I know certain things when they come to me, I know that I'm going to stick with it until it's done mm-hmm. something about it. I'm going to finish that. And mm-hmm. therefore I can kind of see the future. It's like seeing the future as a, like a building plan. Like I can look at a set yeah. of plans and a piece of property and know that there's going to be a house here that's going to be this house someday. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing when it comes to like what I see for certain things in the future. I see it. I know it. It's like a plan. And then I just have to make it reality. Or yeah. Whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. I've learned to give myself grace and really implicitly trust a lot of my visions, even when it feels ultimately uncomfortable and no one can even see what the F I'm talking about. Now, so you suppose the people who are listening to this are like, man, what a bunch of self-serving bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they could be thinking that. I'll tell you what. This, I, I think this will launch the Legacy Matters business stuff. Oh, shoot. We, we'll oh, end, we'll end up talking about this. But I think if you're... <laughs> If you've known what you want to do and you're a fantastic employee, you know, maybe this show isn't kind of doesn't vibe with you a little bit or something, but there are some. Maybe you'll identify yourself as an intrapreneur. You ever heard that term? Hell no. Okay, we'll talk about that. Okay, sounds good. It's a thing. No, but I mean, I think it's. I'm not really worried about that. for you, my brother Mark, intrapreneur. Intrapreneur. Mark, I see you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) You're valid. (laughs) Whatever. no, but I mean, I think I think the the drive to business ownership and the reality is that there are a bazillion small businesses in America. Like we wait, how many, Sam? Bazillion. Okay, That's can you put that into a calculator? L's. Yeah, <laughs> he's got B A dash zillion. Yeah, bazillion. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are like whatever. It's a it's a we're a fairly small business friendly country. Mm-hmm. There are others that are more friendly to small businesses. Um, and I, but the, the deal is whatever kind of entrepreneur you are, whether you just have a little shop or you sell something or you make stuff, whatever, uh, sell a service, 
lots of different ways to do this, but you have to be able to, you have to be willing to like live in a little bit of chaos and, yeah. you know, and talk about yourself a little bit and stuff, all these things that we have mm -hmm. to do. But anyway, so here we are in your studio. I'm jealous. I'll admit it. You're in a nice old building. I can paint a picture for you, listener. Um, it's like wood, brick, there is drywall, but more wood, old, old wood floors, some vintage furniture, and a boatload of pretty tile pieces and mosaic art kind of in various states of finish. Do you uh, see like a common theme in the spaces I... Various states of finish, you mean? <laughs> Well, just like oh, the wood and the old industrial. Yeah, side. totally. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I this place, this studio makes you want to be in here listening to music, making art. Right. It it feels that way. So, Mosaic Candy Shop, that's your new thing. We're just you'll you'll be launching this, uh, or have you already? No, you no. said you have an Instagram. Yeah. No, so I don't even have a website splash page yet, but I own the domain. Like, okay. So it's going to be in the fourth quarter of this year, in case you're listening to this in the year 2030. Um, it's already out there. Yeah, but, what, what day is it? Yeah, so it's... June something. -th. It is June 6th, 17th. 17th. Day before Father's Day. Tomorrow's day before Father's yeah. Day, 2023. Yep. And we're, you know, we're just eclipsing past, like I've been... Working on this in the background and doing a oh, ton of R&D. Oh, I thought you were going to do some astrology shit there. Or no, something. no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Um, I've just I've been intentionally turning over and like mentoring different people on my team at Mercury Mosaics to compartmentalize some of the time that's spent on what I'm now going to refer to Mercury Mosaics as a legacy business, so that I can carve out some time to weekly intentionally during the nine to five window work on mosaic candy shop in preparation for its launch um, okay before all the holidays well it's not like this is going to ruin anything for anyone this no. is not a spoiler that's no. going to so but yeah. but you can't go buy any mosaic candy shop stuff yet nope but not you should yet. watch for it yeah. so the idea is basically <laughs> that you're going to create kits yes. and i'm you know i can let you speak to this but from what you told me you're going to create kits that people can buy and then they can put together their own small mosaic art pieces that's right okay Great. yeah and it, it comes off of the coattails so within mercury mosaics we did run a mosaic class and it was only in person and we had 14,000 different students come through this class. You had 14,000 students come through? Yeah, and it was spread out over 10 years. So it was like yeah, but very- that's a like, lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of people. Yeah, it was. it's a funny story because I, I, ta I like to, I like to talk a lot about what do you do when something actually succeeds versus always talking about how to start a new idea because I don't think a lot of people get into the grit of operations because it's funny how our mosaic class started because I like to think of myself as an early adopter. I didn't before, but just kind of how I stumble into things and then get going on them. I've seen that. So Groupon is a great example. I oh sure. I read Inc. Magazine, and yeah. I had read about its presence in Chicago, which is where it's headquartered, and I was very interested in it, so I was <clears throat> researching it in the year 2009. So in 2010, when it was available in Minneapolis, uh, naturally, I got on board as a as an early business, sure. and I wasn't even thinking of classes. Honestly, I wanted to sell a product, and I didn't quite have my my head wrapped around what type of product. I was still 
really like dreaming of the stove splash idea that I have, which is going to come, but they You're still working on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not working on it, but like um, 15 years later, as like, as industri- an industrial designer, I acknowledge that I have more ideas than I actually have the resources to execute right. well, which is so it's have, a talent to know what not to do too. Yeah. Like I have this like idea shelf that I put a lot of things on and it's like abundantly full of a lot of stuff, but I don't and so play it all, gonna die. all at once. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So working with Groupon, they suggested that I do a class and I had never really had a lot of success doing classes. Like I had more success on people wanting to do them, but actually like pulling it together, scheduling sure. it, filling it at a level that it would actually make it worthwhile. Cause it's a lot of work let's to put face those it, in my early years, like the internet wasn't, you know, it wasn't loved yet. So there's a lot of like old fashioned ways of like filling events. Up. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when Groupon launched and my, my class deal was featured before launching it, they, they were like, Oh, how many classes do you want to sell? I was like, I don't know. Like maybe a hundred, like that'll, that's, that's good. And a hundred classes, hundred classes. You, you mean know, like a hundred individual year, people or a hundred individual people? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so at that time we had 25 seats a class. Okay, so four classes of 25. Yeah, it makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know why and how they came up with this, but they're like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just like set the you know set the quantity at 2,000, so 2,000 students. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. So you were thinking 100, and they said 2,000. They did, and I just I was like, sure, like whatever, like that's ever gonna happen. And uh, in 18 hours, 1,900 and 96 classes sold. And I was like, well. <laughs> uh, I did this with Angie's Whoa. list way back in the day where they were like, hey, can we sell your, you know, a little bit of your time on our platform? And like, I said yes. And by the next day, I'd sold, you know, 187 hours or something of, you know, but at a discount rate, like it lost me a ton of money. It was a total pain in the ass. So, but the classes worked out for you? They did, and <clears throat> I eventually would have them like have a maximum of um, fifteen people. But in the beginning, so I was very involved with leading the classes for the first two years. We were doing four classes a week. Like I holy shit. Yeah, I built out like a space within my studio to just facilitate the classes. That sounds like like it sounds in in a certain way. It sounds awful to me. Yeah. As you're trying to scale up an actual business, manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're so they're different. Two different things. Yeah. Yeah. And the class would draw from the remnant tile of the main business that was manufacturing tile. So we had like this big, long buffet of bins that people would choose from to collect all the tiles that they would make their mosaic project from. Yeah. So for me, I'm somebody for whatever reason, I thrive in chaos and disorder and I love creating... (laughs) a plan and a process like I dialed in that class to like the exact timeline of the class the intro like talking about my business giving the students an allotted time to choose tiles from the bins and like three specific demonstrations that we would lead that would lead any kind of student through this mosaic class was it perfect for every single person absolutely not I just wouldn't have figured there are that many people out there who wanted to come make me neither. Art or whatever, me you know. neither. Yeah. yeah. And I, one of the things that made me proud is like when people did rate the class, we had an average of 4.9 stars. Um, 
in 835 different reviews. So 835 people took the time to review it. I was going to say, 14, I hear, I hear just a tiny little bit of uh, sort of Minnesotan passive aggressiveness in that statement, in a good way. What in was a good that? way. When people did take the time to review, oh yeah, so if you're I don't review to this, everything. Yeah, no. no. If you're listening to this show, I have a bunch of listeners to my shows. I hear nothing. Oh my from gosh! Every, okay. if I, you know, it's and it's true. Like if I listen to someone's podcast, I don't go home, find out, figure no. out how to tell them that they're doing yeah. a great job, that yes. I love their show. Yeah. So it's but you did have eight hundred and some people review your yes. Oh, that's really good actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because. I, how we set it up and this was what always kind of pained me it's again like you put all the ideas aside if you can't execute on them so yeah we we really like poured everything into making that class a great experience but the biggest question afterward was what else do you guys do and do you sell supplies like a whole like oh this is slew of things circle. that would come after yeah. yeah yeah and at the time like because that wasn't my primary business like i was really using it to create local awareness of, of mercury course. mosaics yeah i really just like locked in on two women that i really admire one is Lori green of mosaic on a stick and i'm like well i want to just be a pipeline to send people to Lori's business because she only specializes well not only she very much specializes on mosaic supplies mosaic bases <clears throat> oh, sure. and all the materials and has like an amazing art business and public art business. So I was like, I'm going to just send people that way. Who is that again? Lori Green of Mosaic on a Stick. Okay. She's in St. Paul, still going strong. And then the other amazing woman is Shara Frank of Shara Frank Mosaics, who's also still going strong and doing mosaic classes. So it was in my best interest to, I had to stay focused. This was in 2010 when we started yeah. the class. So I just had to stay focused, but I was like, one day, one day I'm going to expand upon this when so I can you really kept like your focus. Yeah. And I'm sitting down at a table right now mm -hmm. in this studio and I've got little boards in front of this me. 13 years later. Yeah. No, I love it. Cause that's the way, um, that's one of the very entrepreneurial things that you have to do if you're going to, if you're going to make it, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to set a vision and then I think of it as like going on a canoe trip because I used to guide these canoe yes, trips, right? Right. Um, Sam out in the woods. You can plan, you can plan <laughs> the thing really super well, but if you're going on an Arctic wilderness trip, right, you know that you start here and you end there. And no matter how much planning you do, exactly. it does not work out the way you think it does, but I have to get to the end. Yes. And I have to make sure that all of these people that come with me stay alive throughout yes. the whole thing and yeah. are fed every day and things happen. Some days you can't move. Some days you you lose half your food like because the <laughs> Wanagan opens up. And Is this the Oregon Trail? Or it's, <laughs> it's like the Oregon Trail, yes. yes. And But that's entrepreneurship to me. Mm -hmm. you, like you just have to say, well... I guess I'll get up tomorrow and we'll just do what we have to do to make it work. So yeah. here you are 13 years later. Uh, Mosaic Candy Shop is going to launch this winter. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're in here. This was your idea, by the way. I rem I've told you this several times, but you... you yeah, it's like, Sam, you, I, did you still want to do that podcast you wanted to do in my studio? He's like, it was your idea. I was like, oh. Yeah, she oh, threw yeah. it back at me like, remember that time you suggested we go to my studio and do a show? That's how Jedi I am. I'm like, no, I, I don't, because that's not the way it happened. But anyway, oh, I love it. so here we are. I've got these little boards. And, and so... This is going to be a, a strange show because that was Wait, a little what? bit. Wait, what? I'm going to be on a strange show with you? 
I th- maybe maybe I need to choose a different word. No, it's good. It's, it's going to be a it, different type me. of show. No, no it's, it's good. Me. It fits. It's, it's good. So what's going to happen is, you know, we got our little introduction part out of the way. We got <laughs> we, we learned about Mercedes, which is great. Um, by the way, honestly, I install a lot of that tile. Um, I, I kind of think of that as my art, installing your tile, honestly, um, because I love doing it and it makes me happy and, and I get to do it. You know, I'm pretty good at it. So um, one day we'll have to talk about the mafia deal that you set, the tile that you set for me <clears throat> when I was moving into the Thorpe building, because that's how I met you. Oh, was on that project. Oh, yeah. 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 With uh, what's up, Leslie, Leslie Farmer. Farmer? Yes, she's great. Um, I just, uh, for just, the record, we, Leslie Farmer has no affiliation with the mafia. <laughs> it's just a, Nor is she an a sponsor, analogy as of, yet. of the deal that it was associated with. I'm going to have her in. Yes. She's business. Yes, she so is. if this is the business edition, she can come and do a show. Yeah. 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 Leslie, you can be on the business edition of this. I like the business edition because <clears throat> I, I, it's, uh, it's difficult for me to... The, the other one, the regular Legacy Matters show, is so friendly and fun and like a lazy river of weirdness, right? This is a little more focused. We'll talk about business, which bores some people and super excites others. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah, to each their own. To each their own is right. So here we are. What's going to be different about this show, we've got the business part down. Uh, we've done that. But now we are going to be up using the saw. <laughs> uh, we've got our tile nippers here. I've got little boards in front of me. I've got to choose one of these to make. So there's going to be a lot of table noise, which will come through on the mics pretty well. So I can't even tell if these mics are on. Like, th- this was so well, simple you're waiting for, you for a little. Off. Yeah, waiting for a little yeah. red light or something. You know, I'm so inexperienced with this. I was like, did he actually start the show? I like, think I, don't I did. See you a know, light on anywhere. What I can't do is uh, I'm not monitoring the levels right now, and I can't see this because I've got a, a separate mic here. Wow, yeah, this so, is so fascinating. Yeah. So it looks like. Does it have a number? Is it recording? It is. Yeah, like, it's good. This is so portable. It, like I, my mind is blown. I have never. Um, so I've recorded probably 150 shows or so. So, so oh, far. No big deal. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> apparently I'm. <laughs> and you've been on now forty-eight of them. <laughs> yeah, are without. Me. I am looking this up. I swear, uh, but one of the it's like uh, like when you're in high school and you have the the dream that you went to school without clothes on or whatever, right? No, or ran through quicksand. No one ever has those. Right. Yeah. yeah just you. The uh, the nightmare for a person recording a show is. Fuck. No we recording. Just, we just did this and there was, you know, yeah. an hour I went by. I saw the timer on there. Like, I know. We've already been yakking for I 21 minutes. Yet. Yeah. Did we even get to the show yet? I mean, I don't know. I think this is kind of the show. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Our three <laughs> listeners are like, whoa, man. No, I'm kidding. You, you, you love it. You love it. Um, but so there's tile, tile nipper noises. Yes. There's saw noises. I may edit, I may go back and edit out some of this stuff. Yep, that's This is the sound of tile in a really pretty dish. Yep, and I've got stuff laying around. So we're going to do stuff. And uh, I guess if we're, if we're sitting here quietly working, I'll turn this off. They don't need to. Probably no one wants to listen to nothing <laughs> as we work. But periodically, um, so we'll, we'll talk for a little while. You can explain what we're doing and how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. But periodically, we may... Uh, start the recorder back up and bust into some like life talk in the middle. Bust into life talk. Yeah. No pun intended. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Ooh, this one's even got something drawn on it. So yeah, this... we're repurposing. 
<laughs> some of the Groupon class <laughs> over here. No, that's like, good. Yeah. So is that it's so? Like the clean side. Someone was apparently going to make a leaf on that, so I just flipped it for you, and it's a new mosaic. <laughs> it's completely new. Yeah. So this is MDF. Yes. You've got somewhere someone cuts all these out for you. Yeah, my buddy's over at Cywick Lumber. Oh, I love Cywick. We, we had Tom Cywick. It's Tom, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really bad with names. For a guy okay. who does this, I'm awful with names. Oh. But yeah, Tom Sywick was, I believe, he was the uh, first guest <clears throat> on the Joe Contractor Show. Oh, okay. Yeah, and interesting. The He's, Joe Contractor Show is related to you how? Uh, because I'm putting out, because <laughs> I'm crazy, I'm putting out software for the construction industry oh, well, called okay. Joe Contractor. Oh, okay. And the show is in support of that, and wow. we talk about construction. Cool. And I've got two fantastic partners over there, Lori Reese of Wonder Woman Construction here in town, just yes. awesome, oh. and Merrick Reeder, who's a longtime uh, contractor friend of mine, too. So wow. there you go. Well, look at that. Yeah. Yep. Why do we do all of this stuff? But anyway, so you've got Cywix cuts out because your MDF. Because we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They cut out your MDF for you. It's sitting here. So is it customary to sort of draw what you might want, or do you just start putting tile on for me and what we're doing today i'm just gonna i'm gonna do like something abstract like you see behind you where i am walking around and collecting pieces from my color bins okay and then i have my most recent array of wet sauce scraps that have become kind of my favorite thing to use like look at these um, so I'm going to do kind of a more of a color abstraction because that it, they are Zen to me. Okay. So yeah. color abstraction. Yeah. Like what you see all above, like my amazing vintage like, mosaic bin area, like those little yeah. color studies up top are kind of have become my favorite thing to make. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm recording this a little teeny tiny video. <laughs> So we can put it out somewhere. I know that's, uh, you know, you're actually good on camera. I get so awkward. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so there we go. So that's what's going to happen. We've got, there'll be weird noises. There'll yeah, so be you can feel things. free to trace, like if you want to do kind of a traditional trace your hand and make a turkey for Thanksgiving. I'm not a whatever child. Whatever you would like, I am Sam, not a child. Whatever you would like. I just thought maybe turkey, you're like a master tile setter, you know, that you're going to like do a do... French garden kind of like oh, symmetrical man. pattern. You know, no pressure. You set like really complicated tile that yes. I can't even touch. But if so. my, if my art is the craft of setting it it's someone else's design that i'm doing right so i'll i'll struggle through this and i will make my own design and i look forward to doing it yeah i'm think, doing you round know, the you're gonna do round look at you i think because okay. it seems like the most challenging can you pass a square can you spare yeah, a square well, sure spare a square yeah you got it okay so all right I'm so i get to go pick tile out of yes. things and uh i'll get you a bin and then what are we using do you use mastic or thin set I use mastic on MDF. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Oh, I was, you know, I kind of sweat wanna, when I'm around yeah. like super crazy proper tile people. Yeah. Like, yeah. yep. I get it. I've got premixed mastic. That's good. I think it's great for craft projects. It's perfect Wouldn't for Wouldn't use it in a like forensically water membrane shower. Correct. That's right. Bing. That, See, even, craft project. Good. So I, I have a little, a little entrepreneurial trick. Yeah. I think of it as that anyway. Um, and I learned it from Colombo. 
and I call it Columboing things. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you remember the show Columbo. My mom watched it. Yeah, I loved it as a kid. I don't know why, but she that. She listened to Columbo, Perry Mason, and Murder, She Wrote. Oh, I loved Murder, She Wrote. Perry Mason was never my thing, but um, Golden Girls, Columbo. Oh, I watched Golden Girls. Rockford Files. Okay. You know, I loved that shit. I don't know Golden Girls, let's go. But Columbo anyway, was fantastic at, he always kind of knew exactly what had happened or what was going on. Okay. But he had this, it was part of his shtick on the show, was to act as if he had no idea what was happening and then just ask questions about, you know, these, like, the most base questions. Mm -hmm. And then the, the perpetrator would always give up the answer somehow. Cause it, yeah, cause he's he, like a whisperer. Yeah, he columboed Crime into whisperer. it, you know, just yeah. so I, so I even put out on the tile forums, like, like, what do you actually use Mastic for? Because I had never, I decided that it was bad for some reason. Yeah. Every single one in the tile forums was like, well, they know me a little bit because they've seen my Mercury Mosaics tile installations, right? Okay, okay. And they're like, holy shit, man, you are a different breed of tile setter. I don't do the like square on the floor kind of yeah. stuff, right? So they had some respect for my skills, but they're like, how do you not know what Mastic is for? It's for backsplashes, man. That's it. Backsplashes and... Craft projects. Craft projects <clears throat> and drywalls inside of you know whatever anything that could ever get wet no but this perfect mm -hmm. so so mastic is like for people listening it's like tile glue mm -hmm. but it doesn't uh whereas thin set you mix it from a dry powder it's mm -hmm. cement based mm -hmm. you get a limited amount of time to work with it right. and then it's done yeah. and, and and whatever you have left over is wasted that's whereas, why it's stressful to use on craft projects right and and why mastic is perfect because right. you don't have that waste you just yeah. put it on there it has a, a longer open time too yeah. so yeah so it'll stay sticky on your on your thing so now we're going to go collect some tile pieces mm -hmm. sit down and make art yeah, and your experience collecting tile pieces, this is kind of where I tap into feeling like a kid in a candy shop because based on I what mean, you're I, used to... I understood to, the candy shop thing kind of right away, yeah. but I like it, yeah. It's yeah, plain. because, I mean, I'm thankful for the invention of sealants as a kid because I love candy. I, I grew up eating so your much candy. Your teeth were going to rot right out of your face, weren't they? I, yeah, like I am, I'm grateful. Like I have all my teeth and they're all mine. <laughs> um, but I don't think I would have that if I hadn't had sealant. So it's kind of like that experience and just being able to take a little of this and a little of that, all these like pretty colorful pieces. That is like, that's kind of the vibe that I've curated in my studio. You'll see like for our listeners who can't see, like I have a ton of colorful dishes. It's really none a nice of them space. really match, and it really like there's a lot of women that collect shoes. Um, I collect ceramic mugs and colorful dishes. So if I, mean, I go to a market, cute. like, and you have a vessel that's pretty, chances are I'm going to leave with a few. Like for a while, I had like a stage in life where I collected tons of earrings of all different kinds, and I okay. kind of like maxed that out. Now that I'm on this mosaic candy shop mission, now I justify. <laughs> buying all these colorful dishes because then I can put the pieces in and I realize like that's part of my ritual like half the ritual of creating a mosaic piece is honestly orchestrating what pretty materials I'm going to work with of course and I kind of like arranging an abundance of materials and having them you know I'm listening to a podcast I've got my like oat milk latte are you listening to Mark D. Williams 
Well, I, of course. But I, I like bust through so many podcasts. I got Audible. I'm just kidding. And like, shout out to Guy Raz and how I built this. Oh, like, I that's love my that show. Favorite. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've listened to every one of the episodes. I mean, I stopped a couple of years ago when I got through all of them. So yeah. I'm sure there's newer ones, but yeah. Well, and the other. Um, Wisdom from the Top is another Guy Raz one, and... Um, Guy Raz is, just seems like such a nice dude. He's awesome. And I like um, tapping into, here and there, some of the Masters of Scale with Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn. He's got some pretty great stories on there. I, I, any any kind of entrepreneurial stories where I can hear about, like, the underdog going from, like, people telling them they it's can't almost, do something, I got to listen to it. It's almost universal. Every yeah. Every entrepreneurial story is like, like... Well, I had this great idea. I did this thing. I took money from everybody. I thought I was going to fail. And then years later, I succeeded and everyone's happy with me. Like it's, you know, and <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically the way it always works. Yeah. And the ones who failed, failed, just don't go on shows <laughs> would be my guess. Or right? they, they got back up after they that failure do. and they talk, you know, because I think that's one of the fun things, you know, we say we have to be future tellers and there's no way to tell the future, but it's, there's something about being able to look back and sort of reminisce on the past chapters. And it's, I think a lot less stressful to be able to like tell what happened, but when you're in it, you can't really articulate it as decisively and clearly as how it went down. But there's now it's like a period in my life where I like to look back and, and talk about it to really reflect on like, holy smokes, like I can't believe we actually made it through that. Now I understand why those naysayers, like based on the data they had, they weren't really naysayers. They were actually level-headed. But (laughs) at the time they appeared as like the villain in the story. They're not crazy. (laughs) They're not crazy. But it was just like, well, I didn't want the future they were predicting to be the future. No, I mean, I think, you know, risk averse people aren't crazy but they're not going to do these things. They're not going to see, you know, one of the, I I don't want to like overly glorify entrepreneurship. I do do think it, well, I do think it's awesome. And I, and this is the business stuff, but it's just not for everybody, right? It's not. not. And it it doesn't make, it doesn't make the people who do it way better than the people who don't or something. Absolutely not. No, no way. But it's an interesting thing to choose in a certain way, because I, I sort of believe that it chooses you. Like, you kind of can't help it, like the Wild Stallion thing. Like, (laughs) everybody else seems fine going to work, you know? And they're at work, and they're like, what is wrong with you? And and I'm like, well, I'm going fucking crazy sitting here. Why aren't we doing more or something, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you almost... You almost just have to get out of those situations and go and forge your own thing and do your own thing. Mm -hmm. So it makes us a little different, I would say. It makes people unemployable. Yeah, unemployable, a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. But so the people that are predicting your failure are right. But you're the one saying, but I'm different. I'm crazier (laughs) Mm -hmm. than you think. I'm going to stick through this and I'm the one who's actually going to win. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why that is that we feel that way, but I've never Mm -hmm. really. I'm by no means a perfect person, and I, I, these shows are tough when it's just two people because I feel like I'm talking too much about myself. Very Minnesotan. I hate talking about myself sometimes, but um, yeah, oh, it's very uncomfortable. Um, but I, I don't really think of myself as having failed at anything in a certain way. I've just learned lessons by having things not work out the way I thought they would or should. Yeah, like 
it's not that you know it's not that i i've i've done the wrong thing i've been a failure in person you know in like relationships and stuff like that those are failures but when it comes to business i'm like nope that was just a lesson i needed to learn you know so i think the pandemic has taught me to have a different relationship with failure and here's an entrepreneur you should look up his name is johnny cupcakes one of my faves that's a Amazing. Did he change his last name? Do you suppose? <laughs> it's not really <laughs> legally Johnny. Cupcakes. I would be Johnny Cupcakes. He's Johnny like Earl. Okay. Uh, but Johnny Cupcakes, and I never knew what he meant. Like I always, something like sticks with me, even if I don't understand it, and it's something like clicks eventually. But he talked about failing fast. I'm like Johnny, how do you fail fast? And I realized before the pandemic and I would fail at certain things. It was like insert like violin playing and all these like self-demeaning thoughts about myself and just like shame and not wanting to talk about it and like being super hard on myself. And now like I've gotten better at failing quicker through things and being vocal and just being openly vulnerable and like owning, being humble about what I don't know. And like, I like to say in this, you Later humble? stage in my life, <laughs> I, I learned uh, what I'm not good at yeah. and being very open about it so that I can compliment myself with people that are really great at those things. And I yield to their expertise. You have a fantastic ability to recognize like the good in people and, and sort of their talent and stuff. Maybe if they don't even see it sometimes or something. Yes. I, I know this about you. It's... Uh, Thank you. Well, it's sort of scary too, right? Because you're you're pretty intense with like who you are and what you. I am. What? You're pretty intense because you see what you like and you you're like unrelenting. You just go <laughs> for it, which is great. You have to be that way. So <laughs> drove my mom crazy. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, but um, you know, it's a really it's a a very good thing to have as an entrepreneur. But and yeah, I, I do you, feel like that. I if I. Yeah, it's like now this phase of life, I'm not afraid to like own what I am good at is I can see people's gifts. And you're a great a lot of times like before they see them and there's a part of me that like really wants to be right about it because I can help save them a lot of trials and tribulations. Like, I think that's kind of like the mission I'm on now is like, man, if I could save you some of the BS and drama like I've hit. But don't they have like, to go through it to become crazy? For sure. And not as like a way where like I evaluate like their future and tell them what to do, but like just, you know, give them a little like vote of confidence on something they might be doubting and like assure them or like anything in my power where I can like make an introduction to possibly like put some wind under someone's sail because that's what people totally. have done for me. Yep. And it's like, it's a... It's a game of essentially getting out of your own way because somebody can open a door for you, but you always have to walk through it. Yeah, totally. And I'm sure getting out of your own way is big. Yeah, and you said you know you've got a voice that's you know there's violins playing and you're kind of feeling bad for yourself and and we have that most of us. I, yeah, I did learn recently that not everyone has the little like voice that you have conversations with. That's mm-hmm. not a a given that everybody has that. It's like. 50% or 30% of people just don't hmm. like, so when they say, what are you thinking about? And they say nothing. I'm not thinking about anything. Like they're actually not thinking about twenties channels playing in my, yeah. Like all I, time I, I'm replaying things and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies. And everything. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but that little, you know, if you do have the little voice that sits there and, and sometimes it's really harsh, it's really mean to you. And other times it's like your best champion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, taming it so that it doesn't get too mean to you when you 
do fail a little bit and getting through failure faster makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Wow. All right. So we're going to go and collect okay. some pieces. Okay. I am going to shut down the, the mic then for now. We'll go collect pieces. You'll yes. hear, well, you won't hear it, but this is like Afterward, you the clinking sure. of tile pieces. Yes. So we'll come back and we will start putting tile on these boards. Yeah. Okay. A bit later. Seamus Heaney, Healy, I'm not gonna record it. Um, oh, oh, no, you go ahead and keep, the, oh yeah, 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 we do have to turn that up. Yeah, but. All right, we're back. We're, it's gonna be rambling from here on out, but you were just telling me that you were you had one of these mosaics that was gonna get into the food building maybe with Karen? Yeah, you know, just again, because I love backing up entrepreneurs that I admire, and I was in a very inspiring talk in his space, and I've admired his entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism for many years he's such I started a supporter off in the restaurant industry yeah and i know that that is not an easy like anything touching that industry like oh, those are like the, the cream of the crop entrepreneurs because their inventory has a shelf life yeah they're always on a razor's edge too like they everything's you know Two weeks. You have two bad weeks or something in your restaurant's toast. Maybe. Doesn't matter how long it's been around or yeah. you know. But yeah, he's uh, just a great. I never looked great, it up. Great person. Karen's been on the show twice. Oh. But oh, Karen. Uh, <laughs> I think I've now been on it twice. We're gonna yeah, it out. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Yeah. So now we have all of our pieces. Okay. And um, this is the part. Like I. I like to treat your canvas as a piece of paper and your pieces are your your collage scraps. Yep. Yeah. So that's the kind of part we're doing we're freestyle today. There's okay. no like, you know, intense lesson, but this is just a exercise in putting together colors and things. You know, you're we're not taking this too seriously and we're gonna make we're gonna make a pretty picture. I like it. Yeah. I can handle this. Okay, so I've got my tile pieces. I've got my my canvas in front of me. I just need to start doing this. What do you got? What do you ah, got? What you were on only on it twice. Yeah, I you was were, only on it twice. You were only on it twice. Yeah. Uh, episode five, and then again, episode nine. You were in. Whoa! Fairly, how was that? That was that's close. That's back to back. Yeah, we weren't recording them as as frequently back then, but that was a long time ago too. Okay, that was yeah, pre-pandemic. That was definitely pre-pandemic. I have to. <clears throat> I may have to re-listen and just jog my memory. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I certainly remember one of them, but again, yeah, dang, <laughs> dang. Okay. Well, thanks for yep. verifying uh, that fact Karen, checker. Karen's been on twice. <laughs> uh, Laserbeak's been on. We, he did a live show with us and a show in the studio. I'm trying to think who else. You're just one of the few who's been on more than once. How's Nerdy. that working? What? Nerdy. Did he do two with you? Nerdy has done two, yes. Yeah. Right. It was very entertaining to listen to that. Yeah, we're going to get uh, Monica LaPlante an update from her one of these days. No, she sounds familiar. She's just a local... Just. Just. Just, sorry. I'm I trying to get away from using that word. Mm-hmm. She's a local musician. Pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, this will work. Really fun. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. Good. All right, so what's the sound they're hearing? Oops, dropping tile and cutting tile. Actually, like that. Or as some people yeah, like to say, this is the secret to a firm handshake, is what's happening here. Oh. Because uh, this is going to condition your hand to be ready for any kind of yard work. It 
is going to give you a death grip. Yes. You don't want to do handshakes with a death grip, but... So the family... Firm handshakes are going to be no probs once yep. you nip a ton of tile. My, uh, my, <laughs> my maiden name is Tyson, so... Your maiden name? Yeah. Wait a second, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I took my wife's name when we got married. Say, um, I had that suggestion for my husband, and he turned me down. Okay. And he kept his maiden name. <laughs> he kept his maiden name. Yeah, I, I took it because um, my wife's the death of her lineage. She's the, the youngest of three daughters to a man who's an only child. Aww. So the name dies. And it's divine, you know. It's not like it was too crazy or anything, but... Finkelheimer. Right. <laughs> but uh, but my other, my middle, one of my middle names, so my maiden name, last name was Thiessen. And, okay. one, and my middle name is Rolf, which is my mother's maiden name. Okay. And, Rolf, okay. Yep, and, and the Rolfs were... Um, That's kind of cool. Were all in, in stucco up in Elk River. And you never, never shake a hand... The hand of a stucco guy either, because they do they spread mud on walls all day. <laughs> all my uncles like they could crush you with their wow. their big meaty hands. Okay. So I get it. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, it's a thing. Yep. It's definitely a thing. And then over there you've got the ring saw, which is pretty cool. I the Gemini Taurus three ring saw yeah, made yeah. for glass, but. Also great for ceramicists cutting things. Yeah, I've always wanted one, but more just as a plaything. Like I don't. Wait, what? Actually, just need a plaything. <laughs> well, I would imagine for your purposes, when you get to faucets and drain holes and very specific molding, that that would be your friend. Yeah, but we also have um, diamond. These like diamond bit cutters that are. They, they work just fine on an angle grinder. So, like, it's a little bit of overkill, really. So, and, um, you know, I'm sort of getting away from, I, I, like, I'm going to continue to set tile. I love doing it, but I'm only going to do it when I really want to and <laughs> the, the fun stuff okay. because, because the other businesses are taking off. So, but, like, what do you do if you're really good at something and you enjoy it and it's, been good to you you don't give it up forever no but it's like doing art you know yeah. i'll take it on as a i'll just take on fewer projects and projects that i really really want to do and enjoy and i love that and make people pay me well for it yeah that's fine too it know? is mm -hmm. it's absolutely valid mm -hmm. because you say so right that's right you've got a family to provide for well, it's something if you're gonna be if you're gonna be in business, you got to figure out how to actually support yourself and make money. Oh someday. yes, that is a part. It's of it. supposed yes. to be real important, actually. Absolutely. So, with this project mm -hmm. that you have in front of you, is this different from setting tile? <laughs> oh yeah, very very much so. So it makes me nervous. It makes you nervous because in setting tile, essentially, what you're saying when we were not recording is. It is somebody else's vision and design. So now I've given you a canvas with no design direction right. other than your design direction is this canvas. Yep. And here's all of these pieces you can collect from. And it's up to you yep. to figure out what you're going to do on that canvas. You got it. Nervousness. Does it does there feel like a lot of pressure since you have all this t 
tiling experience and now you're sitting across from me you've installed a lot of my tile and now i'm gonna see like i'm gonna see what's under the hood for this little <laughs> just this mere little eight inch round canvas that you right. have here well i mean it's art it's not tile installation right mm. it's different True. So. Yeah, I mean, then there's kind of a loaded conversation about is it is it art or is it craft and what differentiates the two? Yeah, and then, you know, it, it, what's the difference between an artisan and a craftsman or a craftsperson, you know? And an artist. And an artist. Like, what are what are these various things? I, I have my own thoughts on it. I don't know if they're right or not. Right. But I, I think, you know, if you're... Like we just saw that collage work downstairs. I don't. I don't know the name of the artist. I'm sorry. No. From, but I, mm -hmm. Northrop King Building. What's the shop? It's a public functionary cafe. Public functionary cafe. And, <clears> and the some, current artist on display is prolific. Let's see. What would describe them? I mean, prolific. We didn't remember the name, but what we did remember is that they're prolific. They're genius. The way that their artwork translated onto the canvas was magical, and it's just I think absolutely of us would beautiful be stuff. Exaggerating, yeah, absolutely. No. And that's taking. We will put a link in the show notes. Yeah, um, I'll figure out to the cafe and the artist. Uh, but just take our word for it. That is fantastic. Go get a really nice refreshment there their cafe has great offerings um they're not a sponsor we just simply like what we just experienced <laughs> right. and go check it out yeah yeah i mean um it's always good to promote local businesses anyway mm -hmm. but no they yeah they do have nice offerings that's true mm -hmm. um but that art is to me that's that's art in the yes. sense that there is nothing and then someone creates something and now there's something and it's you know, I, I can't judge art. I don't know what's good art or bad art. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what I like or don't like. Um, okay, but that's a great differentiator. Then we go into the world of artisan and craft. Yep. And my point of view on that is you're, you're designing something and then you are, I feel in my profession, I'm designing something that I'm going to repeatedly make. Thus, craft. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So you, the but the like I consider myself that I'm an industrial designer. But the original part of it is art. Right, like I'm an artist by existence, but I primarily focus on industrial design, and I lean on being an artist. But I, it's to get to what a lot of my goals are. I'm primarily an industrial designer. Right. Yep, and I'm a. Um, what am I, an artisan or a craftsperson? No. Maybe? Yeah. So when I'm installing the tile, to me, the design is not something that I'm uh, overly particular about. You, you tell me what you want. You tell me, you give me the vision, then I have to execute that vision with some sort of either precision Yes. Or in the case of like the handmade tile stuff with a little bit of artistry, yeah. right? So I, I get, yeah, that's lot. where I get to be yeah. more artistic is in how it gets applied, not what it, not the design of it itself. Yeah. So. And P.S. with what I'm making, because this is a podcast and I know you said it's okay to use my wet saw, 
I'm going to challenge myself to not use okay. the wet saw more than three times. I okay. get to use it three times, but this thing I'm laying out, I have to ad-lib and put it together That's and make tough. it with mostly nipping. And I can just adjust the pieces three times with the wet saw. So that's okay. going to be my designer challenge. Okay, three times on the wet saw. Yeah, you heard it. You heard it. I said it. I don't always like my ideas in the long haul because that you know you make them in a moment, you decide them in a moment, and then you start executing. And not every idea that I have, um, I become a firm fan of, but I, I go for the journey. Okay. I always go through the journey. So this is a pretty you know it's a low key journey for the afternoon. Yeah. No, I mean I, I can see sort of the um, I can see sort of the therapeutic part of this. Mm -hmm. You know, the the crafty kind of just sitting here putting things together. It's the am I gonna make something beautiful part that makes which I can I'll live with it no matter yeah, what it that's is. That's my last mosaic from my last mosaic play date, if you will. So okay. this is I consider we're on a mosaic play date. Like my last mosaic play date was a fellow artist in this building, Ashley Mary, and she laid down her mosaic. And I kind of had like, cause it was about that conversation and not like running a saw the whole time. So that is mostly nipped. And on that, I think I only used a saw. Maybe we'll, we'll go with twice. Okay. So I, well, you can do this then. Yeah. Um, do you do you have any formal art training? I mean, did you go to school and learn art? I do have some formal art training. <clears throat> I feel like I've been in art classes throughout my life. And does it count to start with just plain elementary school in the public school system and art class there? Because <laughs> no. I'm counting it. It does that doesn't count. No, I think. Like I think that I count it. I <laughs> well, I mean, that's I like great. leaned into the mic. I yeah. count it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just wondering if, like, if that's what you mean, so it'll help me answer the question. For I you. think art. I mean, I think formal art training gives you some understanding of elements of design and stuff like that. Like, like, why would I put this color over here? Like, some things, you know, if you're if you don't have that training. You have to just sort of be naturally good at understanding why things kind of go or don't go together. But if you, like for me, like when you put this mosaic together, do you think about, oh, I need some green over here or I need something there? Or do you just kind of do it? I feel it out. So, you know, devil's advocate on what you said is, though, who authored all that formal art training and oh i mean i'm no, I know, i'm with you i, I think it's I'm, all yeah. bullshit no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> i'm just saying like and uh, there's there's really like every every one of us can only answer it from our own point of view so i respect each person's point of view so for mine with some of the formal art training that i had it some of it resonated and some of it it was so scholarly or just under not understandable that it was hard to absorb like why certain art was historically significant versus other stuff that that's right yeah like, I mean, why did i see pasita bod like three weeks ago and i didn't learn about that as a foundational body of work in 1996 when i was at the university paying a lot of money learning about art history do you know what i mean so 
Well, I mean, it's like anything it's like in that. academia, right? It like someone's decided that this is important, and then a lot of people are thinking it's not important to me. You know, like sure. it, so. But you got what I'm saying. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I think art can be can be incredibly uh, unapproachable for a lot of people in certain ways because because they do get sort of held up on a pedestal like this is you should love this because we tell you that you should love this yes or and we told you it's significant and it's yeah we now in this textbook that was published in 1963 by this very specific company that was kind of like the only company publishing these books at this time that's right etc so i won't go down that rabbit hole but that's that's kind of my point is i think i felt that in the mid 90s when i was a hopeful art student but was really at the university of that time steered into other focuses yep. because I wasn't confident to go into art and you know at that time that wasn't really viewed as a profession it was oh no like god more it was like, like, like please don't be an artist yeah is what your parents would have been saying right yeah <laughs> well and both of them went to MCAD like that was Oh, Definitely a, a hope and a desire for me, but the the financials to just simply go there weren't really in the, the equation for just my circumstances. So I, I went to the University of Minnesota, and it was very, without having like a really confident vision as a 18-year-old on what my I mean, future was going to be, I kind of felt like I went into a lot of the like the machine on like what I was going to have a path at university and mm -hmm. you know got a crash course on debt <laughs> and student <laughs> loans and you know what it means to take credits while you're also working three jobs to live and all that kind of thing so anyway yep oh I, I sense a swan song let's carry on <laughs> let's carry on <laughs> it's all good lessons yep. yes learning things at school well yes yeah so i don't know so i look at this and there's you know there's some part of it like i know i can't do wrong i know that this is my thing i can do whatever mm -hmm. i want right but i also like being left to create my own thing without knowing where it's going is the is the tricky part of being an artist right? like that's the part that's somewhat uncomfortable for a person like me like what am i doing here i don't belong <laughs> <laughs> um and maybe could you expand upon like when you say a person like me what is who is a person like you well Relative a person who art. doesn't consider themselves an artist at all really okay like okay. i but i create things like i've you know but i don't i don't consider myself an artist and i don't think that's bad i think i have artistic moments but I'm certainly not, like, I'm not going to compete for the title of artist. Well, and no problem, because this, what you're doing, is considered a craft. So let it fly. Oh, just oh, do what you yeah, want. There's no, right, pressure. no pressure. You're literally, it's all gone. Your canvas is an eight-inch round. You can't fuck it up. You've got, you know, uh, you know, can I give you a tip on how to hold that nipper to have the least amount of exertion? Mm, I like it. Ergonomically? Okay, so first of all, uh, you're right-handed, yep, and so let's flip it around. There you go. And the way that the handle is designed, if you're holding it down here versus up there, 
You'll actually have to exert less pressure well, yeah, to get, make the... It's a, the fulcrum. Yes. Yeah, out, out further out. Okay. But I'm so, so you damn know. tough, I can do it. <laughs> okay, well, your shoulder um, tomorrow is going to thank me oh, with my, for the I adjustments have, I just did there. I have a torn, well, a, an injury. Okay. I'm getting a phone call here. I'm going to take it. So we'll take, you just keep, yeah. you just keep doing your thing. 100%. We'll come back in a little bit. Mm -hmm. we're, making, we're making art with Mercedes. Mosaic candy shop. I love it. A bit later. All right, we're back, and I and I like the tile tips that you're giving me because, you know, I'm a tile setter, right? But do you know how much nipping I've actually done? I mean, I own I hope hardly any. Hardly any. I own exactly. two or three nips for because we need them occasionally. Right. But we don't sit around and nip yeah, a bunch nip, of nip. tile. No, we have the saw. Who and, does that? Right. Those crazy people. Crafts people. Yeah, these crafters. Yeah. So yeah, the tip on mosaics mm. and why I like abstract, colorful things like this is it is a great playground for me to lay something out and not overthink it. Okay. That's my tip is to not think super hard. And this is the funny part is when I had really, really young people like under like between ages eight through 13. Yep. They do really well in mosaic classes and balance out adults because adults tend to overthink Always. things when they Everything. create. Yeah. And so this is a great exercise to kind of tap back into the kid in you when you were just like, you just confidently put one foot forward and just created for the sake yeah, of Yeah, you make it and yeah. then, oh my God, my my... Maker's my gonna little, make. <laughs> my little favorite person in the whole world, um, my seven-year-old daughter, now seven, recently seven. Oh gosh. Okay. And what's her name? Andalyn. Mm -hmm. um, favorite person in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, my boys. I don't know. I love my boys too, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's Andalyn. so mean. Uh, yeah, little girls are just different. You know, they're, they're special. But anyway, yeah, she, you know, she just loves to art, and you can. Set her down with anything that's colorful, mm -hmm. and she'll start putting stuff together. And when she's done, she just turns her little head up at you and goes, look what I made. Like, that's it. There's no, you know, it's all great, of course, but it's, or it's all not, whatever it is, you know. But she just is, like, super proud of every little thing she does. So, it's cute. I get Andalyn it. Andalyn is my marker on how many years I've been in Thorpe Building. <clears throat> because when I met you... Somebody on your team was carrying around an infant. Oh, yeah. And hey, that was Andalyn. My baby. I've known you since your baby was a baby. Yeah. Wow. How wild is that? <laughs> it has been a while. Should we, like, have you ever, like, hung out and had such cool bins of tile at your fingertips? I mean, this is, what is, like... Is this a place where you would want to make another one of these crazy mosaic projects? Um, maybe. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not saying we're going to do a bunch of crazy mosaic projects here, but you could probably understand how this is like my my spot. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know yet because I haven't finished mine, right? Yeah, um, and for the record, somebody's uh, square inches are more filled than. Well, but somebody else's. But I don't understand exactly because then what are you going to do? Take that off of there and put it all back on in the same spots? I'm going to use painter's tape. Oh, and you go over top of it. We're going to go over together. the whole top. I'm not going to punish you oh. and make you 
pick up each piece at a time. I get yeah, it now. Yeah. You didn't explain I, I that I didn't. Part. I just, you know what? You just, I, just I, do. I think I made all sorts of assumptions regarding Sam over here and him being in the tile trades. And the lesson is never make assumptions. That's right. Yeah. So we're basically, we're doing a loose mosaic sketch. God, why did I pick the big round one? There's so I've got to put so much stuff on here. Well, I mean. <laughs> it's got round edges. I'm going to just give you a little overachiever <laughs> sticker and metal because Sam has made really small pieces the average size of sam's pieces do not exceed the size of my thumbnail that's just uh, so the ones sam has chosen and he has created very small pieces wonderful all the power to you and that could be one of the reasons why one of us has more square inches covered than the yes. other is i am using a lot of larger size pieces and i i just for mine i chose to use a lot of the wet sauce scraps in their native state. And I've been nipping a little bit here and there. And Sam, to his credit, has created a really cool <laughs> assortment of Skittles um, in the form of small, colorful pieces. Chicklets. So we're gonna just go ahead and get a little visual oh, this boy. as well. So that I can Oh boy. It. So here's my, this is fun. This is like a nice little good, messy work spot. And we're gonna do a little top down because Sam is like super into Instagram. Um, oh, I'm a, religiously posts oh, all the time. Man, me and the socials. Yeah, I keep oh, so me all good. Those posts that he's got here. So good at it. Yeah, maybe there's a story behind the shirt that says goose. <coughs> We've got there trees, is a story. and it looks like there's some stereo equipment, perhaps. So goose. Well, I got to say, um, yeah, I didn't know that that this is the way you do it, and then you tape it. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now I can start putting things together. Okay, um, okay. I am finding that as much as I love the shaped tiles, like your tiny little scallops here, I don't like them in the mosaic, right? I, so now I didn't know what to pick at first, but I don't like things that look too intentional unless I've nipped it into something intentional. Okay. That's what I'm finding right <clears throat> off the bat. Um, Goose is, for those who don't know, Goose is a jam band that has uh, sort of taken over for the aging uh, fish band, right? Oh. So fish sort of anointed Goose as the next big jam band, if you're into following jam bands. Okay. Is Which, fish local? No. Okay. No. Revealing my my knowledge. You, don't, of fish. you know, I've heard fish. of fish with a pH. I've heard of fish. <laughs> yeah, I would so hope I've, so. I've heard of fish, for the um, record, but yeah, I, I didn't know where they were. No, they're not local. So it went, you know, Grateful Dead. Then, then they kind of died, got old, okay. you know. Um, and then people started following fish. Okay. And then fish is getting old. Okay. And so fish sort of said, "Hey, everybody." This is the next up and coming jam band act. I goose. see. So Fish endorsed Goose. They did. Okay. They let them open for them at some big venues or something like that. Okay. So here's, well, I'll tell you this though, I don't know nothing about jam bands, and it is not my thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. but I've got a, a really good friend from way back, Matt Lyons. Um, we were both counselors at camp together years ago. Oh, I've just, I just okay. love the man. Good guy. Super good guy. Really, really nice human. And uh, he loves jam bands. And so he wanted to follow the band Goose 
from Minneapolis out to Seattle. Whoa. Seen them twice in, uh, so Minneapolis first, then out in Bozeman, Montana, and then in Seattle. And he needed a driver, and I was his driver, so he bought me the shirt, right? <laughs> so this was just a few months ago. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. I went on tour with Goose, even oh though my. I'm just totally not into jam band stuff, but... So that you're not gonna own being like a groupie to goose. No. Okay. No, so I simply do. a driver one time. Yeah, what I I did develop at least an appreciation for the music that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's really confusing to me when someone launches into a song and then they're still playing the same song 25 minutes later. Oh, okay. Like I don't get what's going on okay. when that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. I will admit that. So, And it was a great trip with a great friend. It was a lot of fun. I could see other friends. Everything was great. Wonderful. So. And that was just two weeks ago? No, it was like two or three months ago. Two but, or three months ago. Yeah. Okay. But certainly relatively recently. Sweet. So I do fear that I have cut maybe... <laughs> too small a pieces. You've gone some... too far. There's no turning back. <laughs> Those are my statements when I came up with my design studios. I've gone too Oops. far. I have to finish, finish the vision. Yes. Yeah. So let's see where this vision takes you. And if you know, if one of us, we won't name any names, Gets finishes before, before the, the other. other, they will become the other's assistant and nip pieces. And you'll you'll go the distance. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, and I do. I you know I did answer the the phone call there. I do have to get out of here at some point today. But it's it's fun to learn. Like I wouldn't have known that I wouldn't like certain tiles, but I don't. There's certain ones here that just don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I thought it was beautiful Too when polished. I was polished picking it out, but now yeah, I'm looking like, at well, it thinking not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. That's these are all good things to. To listen to and this is this is almost like really organic like market research for me to see how people resonate to just simply materials <clears throat> and I'm just just paying attention and I last summer I did I want to say like four mosaic play dates in here okay. and so my goal this summer is to at least do eight mosaic play dates so kind of help balance out all the R&D that I'm doing and the development for these mosaic kits, but it's it's really fun to see how different people interact with mosaic materials. And me, of course, working with you on this, it's interesting. You know, with somebody with all the experience in the tile trades, it's kind of fun to be like, okay, yeah, this is actually still <laughs> very foreign to Sam. It's a whole different beast, totally different beast. Super foreign to me, actually, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Here's my little tiles. All right, well, I think we will um, give the show a little break and come back when we've got a little more stuff in place, maybe when we're taping these up and putting them down. Yeah. Unless there's unless there's business stuff you want to talk about, but well, just this, for transparency, while you were on the phone, I did use the wet saw once. I don't know oh. if you heard it. So I've got two times left. Okay. Yeah, because you you and did. That's an arbitrary like ration I've given myself. Is just you know just use the wet saw three times on this. Just uh, again disciplining myself to make some decisive <laughs> moves and not like overthink what I'm making. Oh. Um, Who would do that? Not a business comment, but for whatever reason, the 
the Little Shop of Horrors like plant vibes are kind of what I'm channeling into what I'm laying out. Oh. And it just it just kind of happened, but I'm thinking about like the plant on there. <laughs> not some the plant eats people, but I'm not thinking of like that vibe of the plant, but just like the concept of this like plant that has life and all this like energy happening in it, not just a flower. So I mean, that's don't... what's happening on my little my little panel here. I like it. <laughs> so don't don't happening. plants just sort of eat people anyway? I mean, uh, no, they actually uh, provide life and um, well, yeah, but oxygen. I'm um, <laughs> I mean, like maybe misquoting all of the benefits, but they are. Uh, oh no, they're really great. Don't yeah. get me wrong, I love plants, but there is a theory out there people that eat plants. That, that people eat plants. True, but there's a theory out there that the plants actually cultivated us. Oh, okay. Because okay. they do use our, you know, like. We help spread them like animals. Plants came first, and they tamed the planet. They, they're they extremely resilient, and they are alive in some way. I'm not saying they're completely 100% sentient or anything, but they uh, there's a theory out there that they cultivated the other life, the uh, animal life on the planet, to suit their needs. Okay. What do right you think? On. Okay. <laughs> deep, huh? Yeah. Deep, deep. <laughs> We're going uh, way woo. back to BC here with uh, <laughs> Sam on Legacy Matters Business Edition. Oh, first um, on the business edition. Business edition flows into topic ranges that are not expected, and that is the, the that's the takeaway is we'll that business is not business. separate from life, and life is not separate from business. Ah, okay, I like that's, it. Yeah. I like it. And so you're, again... As an entrepreneur, you kind of embrace, like, I know a lot of people are looking for that work-life balance. That's one of the reasons why I'm a huge fan of Damon John, of FUBU, and the oh, people's yeah. favorite shark, of course, my favorite shark. But I like that he's just very open, and not everyone subscribes to his point of view. I certainly do, is that in this 21st year of business, I haven't figured out how to compartmentalize my business from my life. And I think that's why... It's so much intertwined in my life because I found something that supports and makes my life better. And so, I mean, it better. You've, you've been at it a long time. I bet it better. Yeah. And so, I've never had any children of my own, and I use this analogy and I like to kind of bounce it off of parents. So, if Sam can speak sure. from a potential expert point of view um, regarding that as a parent. But I, I kind of, my analogy about business is it can be like a child in that you you want to choose something that you're very passionate about when you're going into business. Like it's not all just about the dollar. Obviously, you need to make the dollar to support and build the thing. However, with that thread of what you're passionate about, that helps you through all of the storms. Like you love your child and you would do anything for your child, but sometimes you're just like, oh my God, get out of my face. Like we're in a fight right now. I need some space from you. Yeah. But what brings you back is your love and your passion so that you keep coming back to the table and nurturing and growing it. And I can only imagine that that sounds like parenting and maybe that get out of my face period is when they're turning into teenagers and all sorts of changes are occurring. But that's that's my analogy with business and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's fair. I don't, you know, it's maybe not Does that the... Does resonate? Do you have any teenagers? Yeah, it's, it's uh, maybe not the only way, of course, of looking at it, but I get exactly what you're saying. And um, 
Yes. I mean, businesses are, when you're taking something, so, you know, whether it's growing a plant or raising an animal or <laughs> raising or raising a kid, it's all kind of the same thing. You get out of it what you put into it. Ah, you you yeah. don't, mm-hmm. every, every, you know, your children, if you neglect them, they're not going to turn out great. Right. You could even kill them, you know, I'm not saying you can, you might want to sometimes, but, uh, you know, if you, if you raise plants, if you have animals, if you raise children, whatever it is, if you don't take care of it and nurture it, it's not going to grow and turn out the way you want it. But you also need a break from it every now and again, for sure. So I think that is like a business. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Break time. Okay. Save the world, it could be up to you. Wait a second, wait a minute, and we're through. Kinetic Legacy is the company that powers the Joe Contractor app. Their unique platform blends the good parts of social tech with their one-of-a-kind data organizing system, giving communities, large and small, a safe private space to stay connected and to keep information and memories organized. If you and your community have a shared purpose or passion and are looking for a better way to stay connected, contact Kinetic Legacy today at kineticlegacy.us. Find out how groups from contractors to campers, tribal communities, unions, and alumni organizations are finding their way to meaningful new spaces in this increasingly digital world. Again, that's kineticlegacy.us. Wonder Woman Construction is a Minneapolis-based, woman-owned, residential and commercial construction and electrical company. Lori and her team pride themselves on their commitment to long-term green and sustainable building practices, and they apply their deep understanding of building science to each project they take on. They are dedicated to the complete satisfaction of every client. One more thing that you absolutely cannot miss about Wonder Woman Construction is the fact that every employee loves what they do and truly enjoys working with each other. The best projects are those that are done by happy people. And Wonder Woman Construction is full of happy people. Visit WonderWomanConstruction.com to get started on your happiest project ever. Save the world, it could be up to you. Wait a second, wait a minute, and we're through. All right. All right. So Sam, a.k.a. Stella, got her groove back. Yep, I'm um, feeling good. I'm feeling, feeling good. feeling good about mosaicing, so um, he literally shut this off so he could mosaic, and this is like six minutes later <laughs> that he somehow got like a third wind. Is like, you know I'm what? ready. I got this. I get it now. No, You've I got did, the proper I did grip kind of, on the nipper. Does yep. that make a difference? Do you feel like a more confident tile nipper now? Uh, it, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I want to see it. you on the job site, and all of a sudden, like, you're just hand nipping. What's this wet sock? So I got a hand nip. I've got a, I've got one of these. This is a, you know, this is a very standard kind of go to any tile Home store. Depot. Home Depot. Whatever. I love the $10 tile nipper. Yeah. But I've got one of the like ninety dollar Montelite or whatever they are, the Italian brand ones too. Woo! Man, that thing's fancy. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That one that's still in the package. Everybody, the really fancy one, which I've taken out of the package. 
and I put it back in the package. It's so fancy you want to put it back in the package because yeah. it looks so good in there. I tell you, you know, that's one of my, this is one of my insecurities about having oh, okay. mosaic kits and things available is like the super proper mosaicist. Like I prefer to use the, t- the $10 hardware store tile nipper over the super crazy fancy ones. Um, And is that, is like, is there some sort of snobbery that happens in that? kind of world a little bit would you say is that a not a great way of putting it no it's it's yeah so we're just digging up some old what's the word like skeletons (laughs) in my closet old wounds old wounds yeah an old scab of some sort yeah i've I've had some some moments where i've been shamed and you know past like mosaic uh, circles like but See, that's I'm the just part of choosing art choosing not to care anymore. That's the part of art that crushes me. Yeah. Is like when people do get kind of judgy because yes. you're doing like Yeah. I think Ugh. you know what's so I special. I kind of forgot about kids. that until this like right now. Yeah. Yeah. What's so special with kids and and what I think like teachers and the world are doing a good job of these days is that like a lot of that type of snobby judgment stuff has kind of gone in a certain way. You don't yeah, or there's just not there's not room for it because instead of overthinking that I'm not doing it like the way that people have been classically trained or um, the the finest of the setting materials and the finest of bases, like I want right. to start off with some really accessible, simple projects because my priority is for somebody at home to put something together that brings them some color and some joy and my biggest hope is that they're pleasantly surprised that they did that i like it yeah so that's kind of the that's the simplicity that i'm building off of because it was literally you know i'd put away working on mosaics personally for no apparent reason while i built my company and just really took on the hats that i needed to take on like it's like you become a parent and you're like you gotta provide for your child and you know you want to travel and be in that band, but you don't know how to monetize <laughs> That's it. That's not happening. And you just like, so it's kind of the same thing. Is like I didn't know how to monetize my mosaic art, but I damn well knew how to monetize kitchens and bathroom tile. Right. And I leaned into it, and I, I just said I'm never going to forget about like my original, original goal, but I want to make this like the best tile company that I can put out there with yep. all the resources that I have. And I'll come back to this because I intend to live a very long life and take care of myself, so it'll be there, and I'll never become bored. And so during the pandemic, goes honestly, when this came about on canvases, the sizes that we're working on, and I decided that I would just turn a little spot in my apartment into my mosaic studio, and it really just simply started like i kind of brought out all my unfinished projects yep what was crazy is i had so many unfinished partially started mosaics that i realized like holy cow like my integrity with myself as a maker personally was like out the window i had like (laughs) so many started and unfinished projects which was totally inconsistent with like how i operated as a founder and ceo of mercury mosaics i was it's like I was two different people. As an artist, I was like rolling total like stereotypes and partially finishing things and like all over the place. Is that okay? I mean, do you let yourself have that? Because, Obviously, I did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you can cut yourself a little slack on certain things every now and again, right? You don't have to always like 
with the business, you, you can't afford to do that. Yeah, like, hashtag compliances. Yeah, you, you have know, to make like sure. Federal filings. Oh, like, God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, say, we're sales tax payers going on eight states now. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, yo. Yeah. Yeah, so all those things. But I found the common thread that was bringing me life over the last three years of all of the things was showing up to the table and working on a mosaic in some capacity. And some of those times were even just rearranging and cleaning up my supplies. Sure. So sometimes I didn't really have like the chutzpah to like make another mosaic, but I wanted to rearrange my workspace so yeah, that the next time valuable. I would arrive. Yeah, totally. It's like somehow like cleaning and rearranging, just like figuring out how I would want my workspace so that when I showed up to it, it would invite me to create. But it was more about forming the habit of creating and allowing that to look how it looked than what I was making in specific was the whole deal. So okay. yeah, it's just based on that simple of a philosophy mosaic candy shop is like, we all might need a little spark of joy and the simplicity of creating an art craft project without like all these high pressures of the world and like fine art. Like if we can make something colorful and be proud of it and display it, that might bring a little joy. So yeah, and you can make these. This, this is, I mean, now that I'm getting into it and figuring. Oh wait, art what? Now that you're what? Getting into it and figuring it out a little bit. Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm getting there. Oh, I'm getting there. Um, His is really advanced. Like none of the kits are going to be like. That's what's kind of cool about Sam <laughs> is he's like he's doing a university level size pieces. Oh my goodness! Like, this is this is legit. Um, it's got really <laughs> no, small. No, I'm pieces. nervous again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really small nervous. pieces. Anyway, my Italian mosaicist friends would respect the size pieces that <laughs> Sam has chosen to work. Anyway, now that you're getting into this, oh, well, I can see. I mean. You know, where does a person start, right? Mm -hmm. So where do they start? Well, they go to your little candy shop and they Mm -hmm. just pick something out and you send them the pieces to start. It makes perfect sense. It's really not that complicated. Yeah. So you're decomplicating the just getting into it because I end up at the end of these jobs, I end up with a lot of scrap tile Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like I sort of, I sort of have this, uh, you know, story that I've told over the years. Like when I was working at camp. Oh, what's that? Um, yeah, I, I worked at boys at a boys camp for almost twenty years. But anyway, wow. uh, you know, somewhere out there, there's there's this sun, and it's up in the sky, and it's it's actually hurtling through space, and we're kind of following around it, and it's really neat. But anyway. That thing's out there, and a ray of light shoots from it, comes, hits the leaf of a of a cotton plant on our planet, and it nurtures this plant with everything else to grow, and a little cotton ball comes out of it, whatever, and they take that, and they make it into a shirt, and then that shirt ends up on a rack somewhere, and, like, it... That poor shirt, when it sees me come through, it's like, oh, not him. I want that other person back there. Or the shirt's happy, right? So you, you just <laughs> never know. Where is this going? Yeah, well, it's, it's this tile. Like, what number of different things had to take place for this little tile to exist? And then 
it gets made and the poor unlucky piece of tile gets a little cut or it has a little blemish in it or something and I throw it out. And I think the mosaic side of this is no, it does still have a purpose. No, it doesn't just get all the things that happen to get it made, the thousands and thousands of years that the clay had to sit somewhere and become the perfect clay and then get worked by you guys into the thing and whatever. Yeah, yes. but it gets used. You get it. Yeah. It's a long story, but yeah. No, you. I mean, you have it. Like every tile that's sitting in here is has been rejected from our first rate tile in some way, shape, or form. Right. Right. And, and like, that's, that's a little the, like, unfair. Yeah. It's you're still a so good much. tile. I know exactly. It's like I love you. I see a future for you. <laughs> it's not that future. You're not going to be on Mrs. Smith's kitchen backsplash in Vermont because based on what she's seen as samples you don't fit into those lots right but you're still beautiful but you're going to take a different path and this is also my answer for what am i going to do with all of that tile that didn't really have an end destination yeah i'm oversimplifying it because we were upcycling quite a bit but now with our size and scale we have a few more <laughs> a lot more you can we have a few use. more pallets to make homes for and you know just looking out into the future I see potential with buying back my clients' unused samples because I know people do one, two, three, four rounds of samples with us sometimes, and what do they do with that? Well, I'm not looking there yet. I know there's all sorts of pockets and nooks and crannies of tile that I can salvage, so that's what's kind of fun is I see there's like an infinite future for the existence of mosaic candy shop but i'm gonna simply start with curating three kits this year and Sounds start great. simple yeah yeah and i i'm just sort of an odd sentimental guy in certain ways when it comes to stuff like this and i think if you can find a purpose for it and it can find a, a home for itself in the future and everything just mm -hmm. go ahead and make it happen you that's betcha. what i say yeah you betcha it's like hey tile you matter <laughs> yes. Something yeah, which you know, if you're, if you're you. laughing at us for doing that, you, it, it's you're right to do that. But it's true. I mean, it does matter. Yeah. We have a spot for you. Yeah, and I mean, last summer when, I mean, I don't know what business was without its challenges. So when I was dealing with our business challenges, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in, you know, I'm in trouble because I'm more interested in figuring out how to salvage all of this waste than all of the other business issues. And it took so much discipline to not go on another tangent. Sure. So, so I put it on yeah. the shelf. Well, those are the lessons you learn in business too. Yes. Don't get too distracted. You know, it's not everything you see everything. on Instagram. <laughs> oh, Instagram. I know you got to do that stuff. I'm terrible at the... We at love the you, Instagram, and you are 1.5% of what's going on in the business, and that's, that's that. Most yep. people understand that. Yep. Yeah, so I kind of took your lead, and I do... I'm now filling in my larger pieces. So for the record, audience, Sam has now covered more square inches than Mercedes. Uh-oh. The table is turned because... My pieces went small. I'm in pieces that are actually a little smaller than a uh, thumbnail, uh -oh. and I'm just leaning into it. So oh boy. I don't think Sam's gonna need my help. Somehow, Sam just like switched Ooh. into twelfth gear. Well, first I kinda... gear, and the, the the student became the teacher. 
<laughs> I kind of had a little a little epiphany here about sort of what I wanted to do, and and yes. I don't know. I'll say this: it, whether it makes sense or not, I'm sort of. It's not a uh, like a landscape or something, but I want the geometric shapes sort of on the top and the other stuff on the bottom. So it feels like there's sort of an anchor to the chaos that or whatever. I don't know. Nice. I'm not. I'm not. You know, trying to get too deep about it, but I did. He's it, not. I don't know. It, uh, God, it sounded like it for a minute there. This is the <laughs> danger of teaching a non-artist. Like now, I'm an artist. We're crafting. <laughs> Let me we're explain crafting. what I've done here. Deep crafting. Yeah. Mercedes and Sam. It's uh, <laughs> it's Saturday, June seventeenth, twenty twenty-three, and this is deep crafting with Mercedes and Sam. <laughs> You're four hours into this show, <laughs> and you got to be thinking to yourself, why? What did I spend four hours listening to this? I don't know. So the top 10 reasons on why you spent four hours listening to this and number 10, because you wanted to hear how somebody that specialized in the construction trades would switch over into a very niche position within the construction trades and installing Mm. tile. Mm. Number 10. Mm. I like it. Number nine, how a artist would decide to create a supply chain related to their art so they could come back eventually to the original art form that they intended on working on. Okay. I like why, that why too. Would they take that long. Okay. Number 8, Sam, go. Ah, oh, damn it. Um so number 8, what was the the title again, the header? Top 10 reasons why you would listen to this podcast. Oh, uh, I would say number eight is because um, your, uh, I will say, significant other, lover, friend, whoever's taking, helping you in life, doing something right, um, uh, ordered some paralytics online and paralyzed you and put headphones on you. And you can't take them off, and they're making you listen to it. That's number eight. That's, that's, number that's eight. why you're in, the, in it this deep. That's yep. why you're in it this deep. Yep. Yeah, paralytics. Okay, okay. wow. Yep. From um, China, I assume. Number seven, <laughs> because of the position that you're in, you want to upgrade those mm. headphones, and you would want to learn about another another story related to those headphones so that you could learn that if you listen to Masters of Scale episodes 128 and 129 with Jimmy Iovine and his story with Dr. Dre creating beats you could upgrade your headphones after you listen to that story. Oh I like it. Yeah great great episodes highly recommend. Yeah you may want to upgrade your significant other your spouse or whoever whoever paralyzed you for the day or you're into that sort of thing. Especially I, if I don't you have judge. inferior listening devices, especially. Yeah, yeah, that's not the nicest thing for them to have done to you, yeah. I'll tell you that. But I mean, we can table it there. We, we could get to number six later. Um, I kind of now recall one of the podcasts that I did with Sam Pryor, and I think, <laughs> I think we did this a lot where we're like, we'll get more into that later. And I think we got into more of that later with two out of the nine points we made or something like that. So we, we kind of have a way with like leaving teasers that stay out there for like... And never get solved. Yeah. uh, 
We'll come back to them or not. The unfinished thought. That's right. I like it. Yeah. And we just we just kind of we 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 roll with it. So There you go. So yeah, okay. So tell me about what your <laughs> tell me a little bit more about what you're laying out over there. Well, I'm getting Can tell a story about it. Let's let's give us the high level overview of what the vision is over there. <sighs> Man. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, it's becoming chaotic again. <clears throat> I think my mind is wandering or something. Good for you. So, is yeah. that um, is that welcome to just kind of let that freedom be there while you lay this out? Well, I don't know. It's sort of sort of uncomfortable too. Okay. You know? okay good. You're <laughs> leaning into the discomfort of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and same, I don't have a total outcome in mind of what these fill-in pieces are. I think that's the part that makes me the most nervous when I assemble kind of a freestyle mosaic, but I haven't made one yet where I'm like cringing after I grout it, which is my favorite part, kind of seeing the reveal, and I have like the crispy painted edges and can see these like in a setting or styled on a bookcase. Sure. So, like, the lesson I've learned, I have the advantage that I have over you is I think you'll be pleasantly surprised after it's all said and done and you put it in context of other things. It's just kind of one thing amongst many that can shine. Okay. Yeah, that's my, that's like my tip for you is um, it's, just, it's just a small part and styled well. It adds such a nice layer in home decor. I like it. Adding color into your space is probably one of my favorite things to do and where I live. And I love, I love a combination of artists that I admire, makers that I have only met once. I collect and now they're pieces forever in my home. I just, I like having a, a variety of things to curate. Okay that makes me happy and it's always like this eclectic mix of things vintage and new so i think mosaic fits really well into that with respect to how i typically enjoy spaces so that's another thing is i think mosaic has just become a reflection of how i like to live so they're eclectic i'm pretty eclectic so did you i mean you chose the name forever ago right and now you know you've got Mosaic Candy Shop, you've got... When you say Mercury forever Mosaics. ago, you mean the Mosaic Candy Shop name? No, the... Mercury Mosaics. Mercury Mosaics, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. yeah I mean, I, I know that, you know, I had to name my business years ago, and okay. I named it Kinetic Construction was my first one, right? And, okay. then, and then it became Kinetic Design Build, and then it mm -hmm. became, uh, you know, like the whole thing kind of... Kinetic has come with me. Yeah. The whole time. And I don't know why. It's some, some attachment I have to that word. And is mosaics that for you, kind of? Yeah. And I think even backing out from mosaic, but just the significance of M's following me around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that stuff plays out, right? No, not I mean, my mom's name was Marjorie Maxine. My brother is Mark Morgan. Born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> I'm Mercedes. Right. Grandma was Millie. 
There you go. I don't okay. know. So there's there's a lot of M's rolling around. I did not even like make this happen, but of all the people that work for me, what's really wild is I believe 95% of the new children that are part of like my employees' families have M's. <laughs> names and it's kind of fun. It's wild. Not even I I know that part is a pure coincidence because there's zero way <laughs> they would be following my whole M game, but sure. it is kind of wild. Yeah, so M's M's are kind of in my M's have followed DNA. you. Mhm. All right. On, it's not on purpose. It's just it just is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like universe purpose. Yeah. You don't know why it is, it just is. Yeah, yeah. and okay, I gotta bust this out. Okay. Um, let's see, where did I put it? Where is it? I'm going to hop on the wet side at some point here, so we'll take another another short break. Yes. But yeah, where I what are you looking for? Do you want to take a break? Yeah. Okay. You can find your thing. Oh, yeah, I found it. A bit later. All right, I'm gonna make sure we're recording, but I think we're back. <clears throat> Looks like it. We'll see how that all goes. Okay, great. <laughs> well, so I was asking you with this whole Legacy Matters Business Edition, what is what is your ultimate vision for right. this vertical of your podcast? Oh, I like. I, I I finally figured out what verticals are and silos and stuff, and I. You know, mm -hmm. I like I'm not a scholar of certain things. I just sort of do what I do. And I actually I tend to like to do things, including the podcasting stuff. Like I like to not do research on specific things mm -hmm. um, so that I can learn it kind of fresh. Field. Yeah, because if you you know, if it's fine if you but if you learn things that are taught to you by certain people in a certain way then you're forever kind of down that path you're not history yeah right right and i and i really enjoy in certain things just getting into it myself knowing very little about it but teaching myself along the way or whatever and then you start to find once i'm in it then i start to find resources to learn more that makes sense yep mm -hmm. but the podcast stuff like i i don't know if there's a path to <clears throat> any sort of real monetization of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I don't have a ton of time to do all sorts of things that don't pay eventually, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. No one does. But um, the Legacy Matters podcast is really fun conversations with people in the community. So that one is already there and it's existing and I want to franchise it and get people um, starting up different versions of it in their hometown talking to people. So that one's that one. Yeah. The business one, I don't know what the uh, what it's going to do for me, but I know that it does a couple of things. People like to talk and they like to meet. <laughs> so, so it gets me meetings with people. If I invite someone in to do a show, I get more results. I get better results. I can meet more people. And I really truly do like people. I don't love networking. I always thought it was kind of sleazy or something like fake. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing <clears throat> now that I'm almost 50, 
No, I actually do love meeting all of these people, and it is important. So long as you go into it with a genuine, like, I'm not meeting you to try and get something from you. I'm meeting you in case we could help each other down the road or something like that. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that does not feel sleazy. No. So the, well, because in, in college, like, the people, when they said you you need to network to get your, like, to get a good job and stuff, like... It turned a bunch of young, especially young men, from what I saw, into sleazeballs as far as, like, it was all fake. They mm. did it just for the sake of, like, I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to get ahead because I know this person or whatever, yes. you know. So the genuine stuff, like meeting people like yourself and Kieran and Don Shelby and Will Steger and the people that I've, and Doug Hilgendorf and... Mara Friestleben and all these people who I've met over the years doing the show who I have just an immense amount of respect for I I love it and it's all genuine I think they're wonderful people and I talk about what they're doing and their products or their things their passions um, so the business side I think it's to make that a more genuine interaction with business people so if I'm reaching out to you to be on this show it's to have a conversation so that I can spread a little of the word about what you're doing and we can just talk a little business stuff. So, I like it. Okay. That's great. That works. And you're following your passion. Well, that's I've only ever done that. <laughs> like to my own detriment in certain ways, but yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of can't help myself if, you know, if I'm passionate about something and I start to follow it, then that's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, not everybody has the the courage to follow their passion they might play it safe speaking from experience from just the people that raised me it was it's it's really not you know i think you might discount what it takes to follow your passion because it's not always the safest path it's almost it's almost assuredly not the safest or smartest (laughs) path yeah yeah yeah, but I mean, you know, and I, I'm sure I'm not saying anything that people haven't said before, but at like at a pretty young age, I would say, I don't know exactly when, but I know by my teenage years, like it was very deeply ingrained in me that that you only live once. Hmm. And like the idea, I remember thinking at probably 16 or 17, like the idea of mowing my lawn every week and having that be like... Uh, something to aspire to like a perfect lawn or something was completely ridiculous I don't know why that one stuck with me but um, like no I don't want to do that what I want to do is pursue things that interest me or or, are my passion you know yeah and so I I had the good fortune of working at that camp and I guided these trips up to Hudson Bay and I never really understood that along the way I'd made myself into like I'm a very accomplished wilderness canoe guide and I didn't know that you know I just thought it was what you did right and then I started a construction company and along the way I got to be really good at construction mm-hmm. because that's what I did you know so just put one know. foot in front of the other without overthinking the path and the process and you Essentially, there's a lot of trust in the process, but also in yourself as you build toward what your current passion is. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have better language around what all of this means, right? Like, I don't, you do though. I mean, I just don't, it's sort of like, um, I think of like uh, inventors, like people who, like let's say Thomas Edison or something, right? And sure. I'm, I'm no Thomas Edison, but my, my, <laughs> I love how you said it. Yeah, okay. Continue. My take on what that person would be like is that something comes to them and then they could wear the same clothes every day, eat the same foods every day because they have to be out in the workshop working on this thing to build it no, no matter what, obsessively. Yeah, right? I think of like Dyson. Yeah. Yeah, like you just have to do the thing until it's done. Mm -hmm. And so the things that I've done, I don't really think too deeply about it. I just like, oh, I guess I, I'm going to be, I'm going to start a construction company and I'm going to make it work, you know, until it failed. And COVID killed it, which that's what happens, mm -hmm. you know. Business works that way sometimes. Yeah. So, yep. But anyway, yeah, that's... Uh, that's your story and you're sticking That's to it? That's my story. What did we talk about that? Well, one of the things that we left off on before oh, break, I yeah. think we were talking about like the bigger picture and like following this. I don't know if we said following your calling, but I, I somehow got on this kick of like finding this photo of me for our listeners who can't see. This is a photo of me from kindergartner, but let's just pay attention to the frame. Okay. And, and the frame... I makes see. the pieces that Sam's working on on his mosaic look like jumbo pieces. Oh my goodness. The so frame, each one of these. Mm -hmm. Like And who did this? I don't know. Okay. You so, just Yeah, yeah it's one of these like, you know, we're talking about all the M's before and whatever and like influences early on and this is like this I think it's like a classical Italian mosaic. The pieces if we were looking at the size of my thumbnail Within that thumbnail would be like 20 of the pieces that are in this tiny little frame that surrounds totally. little Mercedes as a five-year-old. And sometimes I joke around and say like, did I choose the mosaic life or did the mosaic oh, life choose me? I get it. You know, or just like the things that influence you all along that you do or do not pay attention to. And as you're ready to pay attention to them, you know, like once I started working in tile, I suddenly couldn't unsee tile. And then as I started working with little pieces, I suddenly, everywhere I went, like I had been to Europe before and Italy before. And it's not to say I didn't notice mosaic when I was in Italy, but the next time I went to Italy, I couldn't unsee, it was everywhere, it's but totally I just had a different, different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So in a, in a sense for 21 years, I've like went down continuous rabbit holes of what's possible in mosaic to somehow land me into the the smallest of palettes but maybe that's that's really where i was meant to begin but to build out somehow a way to sustain and stay in the game my palettes became your kitchen walls and your showers and thank goodness i became friends with installers because that didn't end up being my strength Right, but I still loved coloring all over those walls. I would you can would you agree with this that I think that and I'm kind of all over the place, but isn't that like great for this podcast? Um, is I view building a shower as a forensic science. Okay. And in my attitude is that I shouldn't mess with it. Like I should. No, you shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. Like, in fact, you I know. view it as like deep forensic science that you should not just let any old person install that shower. 
No, you shouldn't. And and people do still. And I don't, you know, I don't begrudge people their desire to DIY things. But, but things like showers, I mean... Don't mess with a shower. Yeah, so there's there's some stuff that... Like, if people say, oh, I'm, I want to put in this backsplash or whatever. Like, you can't screw this up. Like, you, it might not look as good as it would if a professional did it. But, yeah, if you want to take on that project, do that. But building a shower that lasts and doesn't leak and doesn't cause you trouble is a, a skill. Like, it's a professional skill that a skilled craftsperson should do. So, Or tradesperson, you know. And a lot of... Um, or both. Because depending on the materials that you're using to construct the shower, yeah. I think that's where the collision of being a craftsperson and a tradesperson happens. I think that's why you probably don't realize that you do have an art, but you're so in it. Just like how you were describing building out the podcast or building out your sure. design build company is you're so in it, but when you can take you know, three steps back and really look at it from a distance, you, you can see it much differently. Yeah, I've been out of construction uh, as a general contractor for three or four years now, really ever since the pandemic hit. Yeah. And that felt weird at first because I, you know, it was how I made a living and mm-hmm. I've done it for a long time. But I've had enough distance from it now and I've worked for other people, I can see like, I did really nice work, you know? Like, I was doing some really beautiful stuff, but yeah. I wasn't necessarily very good at running a business. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good at making money. But, um, you know, I like showers and certain parts of building, like, even the some of the contractors out there, they just don't do them well. They just do poor stuff, and then some of them do it great. So it, those are very unique kind of special parts of building. That yes, have to be done well. You know, they're like niches within the overall large. Yes. Industry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just <clears throat> like like any industry, there's like the really high end expression of it, the basic expression of it, and the very low economical expression of it, and it's the same in tile as well. Yep, and I don't. Um, judge people for wanting, you know, an economy version of it. That's totally yeah, fine. 100%. But like, if you're gonna install, if you're gonna install mercury mosaics tile in a bathroom, it, like first of all, the tile's expensive. You know, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna call you out or anything, but it's more expensive than most tile. I own it. Yeah, good. And you should. Um, but like if you're going to do that you owe it to the tile and you owe it to the house to really thoughtfully put the shower together and when that doesn't happen i always think that's kind of tragic but travesty yeah yeah Yeah, i really i look at my tile as the earrings of an outfit and it's great if someone can actually utilize it as the full outfit i really recognize that that's a small niche Sure. <clears throat> and that's why in my years of running Mercury Mosaics, I've never had order minimums. And, you know, several times a year I'll say out loud, like, I totally understand why manufacturers have order minimums. Yep. It's like what you and I share in common is sometimes we make decisions that aren't necessarily the greatest business decision. No. But, you know, we make decisions from our heart because we want to help a lot of people. And I think there is, like, a balance in business 
of being like just full-blown like focusing on the capitalism side of it and balancing out like community building and doing better and I think all of it can work together like this is where I like have like the voice of my mom in my head where she's like Mercedes everybody cannot stand around holding hands and singing kumbaya and that's not even like where I'm going with it but I'm always kind of striking a balance because I, I don't want to shame anyone like side of it because you can lean really heavily in all the sides and so i think there's sure. it's just like striking a balance so if someone wants to use our tile and add a little flare in their shower niche yes like maybe they'll use us later on or somebody that they know will see the shower niche and want to tile their whole freaking bathroom on every wall right. and surface let's yep. go on those i love yeah. it oh man i really do yeah um i think what you're describing the way i see it is like the homes that they used to build I don't know if they were thinking this at the time that they built them but the homes that used to get built you could count on them to last like a hundred years yeah like the one I grew up in yep Mm -hmm. Um, maybe more right and like it's already That's over 100. By mandate, in by law, in much of Europe, you have to be able... You, like, they're building code in Germany, anyway. I know you. it has to last 200 years. Yes. Right? But that's not the way we deal with things in America. And I'm not bagging on America. It is what it is. But most of the new homes that are being built these days are disposable. Yeah. So do you put this tile into a disposable home? You can... Right, but I think that your the stuff that you sell and the work that gets done. This is a just a different market. Yes, and you would want to say now, no tile installation in a bathroom is going to last more than fifty or sixty years before it may completely need to get redone. There's just components that wear out over time, so occasionally you'll see something done fifty, sixty, seventy years ago that's still functioning and and will remain but it's pretty rare but uh when it comes to businesses i think of like i think of people sort of building disposable businesses too right so you are trying to build a business that maybe does you talked about some businesses that were around for 100 years could this be around for 100 years and if it's going to be around for 100 years you're not going to be running it the whole time that's just not feasible you know so when i look at like the businesses i built that you have more license to do things that don't make you money if you're planning to build a business that you think might be around 100 years from now because you have to build the community first right you know it's just different if you're building a disposable business you can afford to just say well whatever i'm only doing it if it makes me money you know right all right, I gotta get a few more tiles here, but I am, I'm feeling pretty We're good We're kind of neck and neck. I mean, technically, I have more to cover than Sam. But we're pretty close, and I don't think for Sam this is a competition. But I don't know what it is about me, and I just I own it. But there is a competitor in me always. Like I can't shut it off, and I try to make it friendly. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I was like trying to get over there so I could help Sam out. Nope, Uh, because I started going really small as I started filling in my spaces because I like how it looks. I'm committed to the end look of this versus just you know, not just slapping this together. That's Uh-oh. my excuse. And right. um, 
and neither is Sam, but I think I might have started talking so much and um, nipping much less. I've only used the saw twice. Um, well, I so think I one more trip to the saw I could use. My hand is, you know, it's getting a little tired. I've been cutting a lot of, hand cutting a lot of tile. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, my grip needs a little rest. But we're we're in the we're in the like the final we're in the final sprint and I want to finish this so we can tape and transfer. Yep. Yeah. We're and, and I look at it like things like this, um, and it's you know this honestly it's a very it's, interesting mosaic I've made here. I don't know. It's similar to, to installing your tile, <laughs> um, and the, and part of the reason why many installers don't like handmade tile. What is that a thing? I'm super kidding. I'm very. Oh, well I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, my, my face, I'm like, yeah, you don't know that? Like, yeah, oh, a lot of people hate it. Oh, gosh. We used to joke around about, like, we don't really record the statistic, but we used to joke around of, like, we just talked another installer off the ledge. We talked him off the ledge. So, yes, I'm totally not blind to this. Yeah, no. And, and I get it because, and I, <laughs> you know, I have a helper, Ronaldus, who I, I think is great. Um, I do too. What's up, Ronaldus? Shout out to Ronaldus. <laughs> hey, Ronaldus. He cannot install that tile. What? He did a great job when you were working at my design studio. Right, but if you watched, I installed it all. Okay, got it. So one thing, you know, I really respect the fact that he likes being a helper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that's kind of a traditional job out there, tile helper. But um, he likes doing that. And everything has to be so uniform and perfect that he can't install tile like that. Okay. Okay. That's and, an interesting selection on a yep. assistant to what you do. And okay. for me, so like I know looking at my mosaic here, my piece, if I if I don't just get done with it, I'll sit and pick at each little piece right. and, and work. I know that's and, the fun it, part about this is you have to just get over your perfectionism because there's no room for perfection in mosaic that's the whole irony of it okay there's nothing perfect about it yeah good then then i'm i'm in the right place because i yeah. i like it but if i think about it then i'll i'll start to unlike it i'll be like oh i should have done this should've, or done should've, that should've, yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh, i don't yeah. need that in my life yeah yeah that's not gonna work with this um craft project here so if this is the start of the business um, series of Legacy Matters, I'm going to slip this in under its own special little title or something because um, I think listeners should know, no, they're not all going to have weird noises going on and they're not all going to be six hours long. You know. I'm going to assume <laughs> you're going to go ahead and edit this down or nope. maybe, no. Not really. Wow. Okay. No pressure. Hope you know for anyone that has gotten this far. The yeah. Podcast, I want to want to send you a little special, like something, like a little thank you. So for anybody that has <laughs> anyone who's not been paralyzed, chops, um, <laughs> you can email me. I will drop that into the show notes, and I'll just send you just a little, just a little token thank you um, for listening this far. Oh man, and if I know that it's hard to know when you're podcasting, it's like um, it's like crying out into the night or something. Like you, you have no idea if anyone's actually listening or whatever until you start to see these numbers come back. Like, wow, we do have a lot of people listening, but there's not. 
you don't get a lot of feedback in podcast land. Okay. Okay. Um, but if there's anyone listening who uh, I have realized over the years that there are a few like super fans out there who have listened to every episode and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. If there's anyone out there like that who knows how to um, get from each podcast a list of all the businesses and people's names and stuff and then put those into show notes and wants to help me out with that, I'd love it. <laughs> like someone who's crazy organized, you know? Because that's, that's something I have a really hard time with. Like, And I think that is a great strength of an entrepreneur to identify where you're not strong and that's what enables a business to grow is where you really lean into where you're strong and you don't grind on what you're not strong at like that's been my secret for growing mercury mosaics is there's uh, so many things within that business that i'm not strong at Oh, you have to be able to recognize those things. And it's yeah. hard to, it's, it's not actually hard to ask for help. It's hard to realize that you need to ask for help and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we would have developed way quicker if I had just owned what I'm not great at and, and delegated. But I think, you know, the humility that builds over time, you know, offering a lot of entrepreneurs grace is the best advice I could give is just acknowledging that there's nothing wrong if you can't possibly do everything i think there's sometimes some of us that operate with these like impossible self-imposed standards that um, well, it's because giving of, you permission to let go of a lot of those that's because of uh social media and stuff well is everyone, that my excuse social media didn't exist when i started my business so no, what would it you, have been then well it would have been magazines and whatever else like well there's always this this image of the the perfect person who's got everything together doing it exactly the right way and then you're looking at yourself saying well i'm not perfect you know how do, how do i get to be like that perfect person who's doing it the perfect way you yeah know? but yeah i got you yep all right i okay. am done i'm oh, ready what did we both like finish at the same time technically you finished before me because no that's perfect i'm going to do I got. I got this one corner. I've got. You got to cut in. something. I got. I'm going to do my third cut. I did get this thing cut with just three trips to the wet saw. Like at one point in there, I was like, I'm going to break my rule, and I just kept nipping. Three. <laughs> I got to do, do this corner piece here. Okay. We'll hear the saw. Yep. We're going to do the saw. Here we go. Oh boy. I bet that makes for good radio. <laughs> That's that. This is good, good radio. I'm sure of it. You know, noises. Cool. I do love that saw. Is Isn't that? that um, do you know are they an American company or is this an Italian thing? It's an American company. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's the Gemini. Gemini Taurus three ring saw. Mm, I love it. And, Very um, interesting little saw. I learned all about it from Stephen Mioto of Mioto Mosaics, mm. based out of New York. And he, I went to a convention back in 2004, called um, put on by the Society of American Mosaic Artists, and he was one of the keynotes. And I was just 
absolutely, absolutely intrigued by his world and the prolific mosaics that his company fabricates for a lot of artists. Mm. And his work ends up in a lot of the New York subway systems and very high caliber universities and everything in between. Um, so yeah, he impacted me and influenced me on just these really great tools that I still swear by to this day and have just really changed the the way that I can execute this art form with saws like that. It's just lovely. Well, that's a really neat saw. It's just so great. It's like having, it's, I tell you, it's like a jigsaw for wood, but for tile. It's And it just allows you to make freeform shapes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't do that without that specific tool, really. Right. They have. And uh, you're, the, you're the benefactor of, like, I don't know why I let this go this long, but I hadn't changed the blade um, since very oh. early winter, and I changed it yesterday. Like, so you that were we just nice totally getting blade. ready in here. Yeah, yeah, I just I wanted it to be like this easy thing. For whatever reason, I dragged out getting a new blade. So Sam's got access to like the fresh blade and all I do that, that jazz. Yeah, I do that if um, if you're ever gonna go cut trees with people, <laughs> you don't want to show up with the dullest chainsaw blade. So you always change it before you go, so that you look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, and just like stop there, like the activity of like you're gonna go chop trees with people, like that's very specific. So very specific well, I love I love that, a little lumberjacking. That, that comes in handy for a lot of people, so I'm glad that you mentioned that here yeah. um, for yeah, your audience important. of lumberjacks. <laughs> important business stuff. Okay, so what we're gonna okay. do now, you're already see, he's already doing it. Is we're gonna clean up our toys and yep. uh, we're gonna get ready to do a tape transfer because we've got these like. And, you know, Sam can, you know, take some snaps for the Instagram or whatever, wherever he's putting visuals for this. So you can see right. our projects because we're going to transfer the pieces. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll take, uh, we'll, we'll probably, maybe we should just end the show at this point. Yeah. And let these poor people. <laughs> Get on with their lives. You know, I always, thanks for being along this far. Shout out to the Oregon Trail. I don't know why, but that just came to my mind. I love mind. it. I love it. Anybody who did OG see, Oregon Trail, I see you. You've shouted out so many times. So, so dear listener who loves my show, and I say it at the end of the show, so they'd have to come back and listen to the whole thing again. I need someone to listen to the whole thing and write down each and every name, each and every so business, mm -hmm. so that we can put it in the notes. Mm -hmm. I've never done it, but I should. Um, anyway, thanks for listening along. This, is, uh, this has been really unique, a very different version of the show it kind of fits in between the the old show and the new business thing because it's I'm a used little to kind of being like well it's kind of awkward there's no like process yet and i'm like yeah i want to do that yeah as well well this was your idea so maybe so. i'll be on the fourth a fourth podcast two on the original and two well, of on course the new. we'll have another one with you at some point. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. we'll have things to talk about. We'll have, a, like, we'll have a third person here to add in the commentary. I do need to find, a, I think I've got the right co-host for the business version, but I, I like to have a co-host because I don't okay. like m the sound of my own thoughts and voice throughout <laughs> the whole thing all the time. I think everybody is a little awkward when they hear their voice from a recording versus what you hear from your own perspective. You're like, what, I sound like that? Yeah, huh. plus, I mean... It's, is this how I sound all the time? <laughs> <laughs> the, the actual tonality of it is weird. Mm -hmm. it's, it just sounds different. Are you and saying then, I sound weird? No. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying say, to I, yourself. I yes. I but, um, but also, like, the, 
you know, people will, I'll start to repeat stories if it's always just me and someone else talking. I prefer my shows to have more than one co-host. But anyways. Yeah, I prefer my shows to, you know, <laughs> too. That did yeah. sound a little bougie, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I prefer, you know, and, you know, Sam's assistant, he prefers them to not want to set the tile, so he's always got his hands all over I, the final set. I deserve this. I get it. All right. Well, thanks for listening along, uh, and whatever. Uh, have a great and lovely life, I suppose. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your life. Yes. Thanks for having me, Woo. Sam. You made it. You made it through it. <laughs> Well, you did it. You made it to the end of another show. Um, thank you all so much for listening to our show. We really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to send us your questions, comments, or even your guest requests. Maybe you want to be a guest. Maybe you know someone who would be a great guest. Send them in to info at LegacyMattersPodcast.com. All right. See you next time.
the theme music and all the other music that you've heard on this show is uh, created by and recorded by the fabulous Captain Al. Check him out. <laughs>